What if there was only one choice? Well, the other ones were wrong. Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And we are returned by returning guest, Avriana. Welcome back, Avriana. Welcome. Hi. I invited you on because I think we are one of the only souls that read Jillian's book that she co-wrote with that dude. <laughs> yes. I can't, what, Playing With Fire or whatever, something fire? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. Like this episode, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> but we are talking season seven, episode 17, All Things. And All Things is lowercase. It's stylistically that way. All things, no caps. But the plot of this episode is that um, Scully briefly becomes Buddhist. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's about it. That's That's the plot. It's funky. It's funky. We'll get into it. Just girly things. (laughs) Yeah. So All Things aired April 9th, 2000. And it was written and directed by Gillian Anderson. This is the first time this show has had a woman directed episode. That's sad. Atrocious. And there's only like four after this. I think. Atrocious. It's it's bad. And this is one of those things I never know. It's like you can make guesses, but at the end of the day, there's a limit to your knowledge. And and when it comes to like long running shows, letting their actors get behind the camera. Um, David has done it previously. He directed uh, The Unnatural, and he's directing Hollywood AD, which we'll talk about next. But Jillian hasn't written or directed or even gotten story credits for the show. But from my reading, it seemed like something she wasn't hadn't really considered. People were asking her about it when she was going to be able when she was going to write and direct, and she's like, "I didn't, I didn't really have any thoughts on it." But then she came up with this idea, and she really wanted to direct it. And so that's kind of the backstory. I know like sometimes you'll see like it's funny because in the Americans, uh, Matthew Reese and Noah Emmerich both get to direct and Carrie doesn't. But like, I just know Carrie didn't want to. <laughs> oh, she absolutely didn't want to. She clocks in, she clocks out. That's it. Yep. <laughs> She's like, I'm not doing extra work. <laughs> They're lucky she learned what little Russian she could. Yeah, she's like, no, I'm going to put the best acting you've ever seen to camera, and that's it. Yep. And then I'll take another job when my bank account starts running low again. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so Jillian is more, she's woo-woo. I don't know if we've mentioned her energy drinks yet, but, like, she's very, like, there's, like, an alternate universe where, like, Jillian was Gwyneth Paltrow. You know what I mean? Like yes. she she did the the egg up the v- vagina and shit. Like she just missed that tra- she was like on the X-Files or whatever. Like whatever stopped her from becoming Gwyneth Paltrow. It's like I think it's the rich parents. Like I think if Jillian had been like a Hollywood nepo baby like Gwyneth Paltrow, she absolutely would have started Goop first. <laughs> 
You're so right. Yeah. But I just know she she's pissed. She missed that gravy train. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. Like, she, she doesn't want to fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so we get a little goop in this episode. <laughs> and we start with Scully getting dressed in a bathroom. And she's like, has this, like, very Chris Carter-inspired monologue. Like, time passes in moments. And it's like, yes, of course time passes in moments. <laughs> very <laughs> regular moments whole... that we've delineated into seconds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad y'all thought this was stupid because I was really scared that you were gonna think this was like genius, and I was gonna show up and be like, I don't get it. Like, she's like, "What if you made different no. decisions and your life was different?" I'm like, "Yeah, honey, yeah, <laughs> yeah." No, we'll we'll get into. Well, I guess we can just get this out of the way. I picked this because it was Julian's. You know, I I thought it would be rude to talk about David Duchovny's episodes and not talk about Julian's. Um, but maybe after we talk about it, Julia would have preferred if we hadn't mentioned it. <laughs> I don't know. But like, yeah, I just, yeah. sometimes I could tolerate this episode more than other times, but this time I was just, I was fed up. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. It's like a lot of like pseudo Eastern philosophy, second wave feminism bullshit. Like it's very mm-hmm. interesting. Like you can tell someone that like is a Gen Xer wrote this you know extremely yes yeah this is like very notable in the fan community because it is like okay they like they they had sex right that's <laughs> the conclusion that everyone came to i mean and yeah <laughs> that's why she's having an existential crisis that makes sense to me like scully is having yes. an existential crisis because she boned molder like that mm-hmm. that adds mm-hmm. up yeah, and so the man never gets any sleep. G- good pussy knocks his, his ass out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he gets in bed and he's like immediately getting laid, like disgusting. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we got the credits and then we have another Moby song, which I didn't look up. But too much. I, know, I just <laughs> too much Moby in this Moby episode. Song. So much Dude, Moby. What? <sighs> Why is there so much Moby in this? Like, why did we just have a Moby episode? Like, am I missing something? I only, like, vaguely know who Moby is. Like, I just don't understand what happened in the 2000s. It's 2000. Uh, They made the X-Files put two Moby songs in. It's 2000, and Moby is the height of (laughs) New Age music. I don't know. (laughs) Not even. It's just, like, very annoying. Yeah, we did. We have gotten a little too New Agey this season. At least in the episodes we've covered. Yeah. Some of the other ones are pretty standard. Yeah. But there's just, like, so many weird... It's just, like, too much Jillian in this episode. Like, Mulder's, like, vibing to Moby. I don't believe that Mulder listens to Moby at all. No. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> but, like, not. I, <laughs> I will say that I like the the way music is kind of used in this episode. Like, the repetition, this kind of clicking of the projector connecting to the clicking of the pin of the nurse... In the next scene, like that was nice. Sometimes I feel like Jillian was just like, "What if I try to make a Moby music video, but within the X Files?" <laughs> and like that is kind of what happened here. Yes, you know? there were a You're lot right. of scenes yeah, that I wrote music bit. video question mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's one that really specifically I was like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> 
But it's funny because they're like, I, I I like to connect episodes of the X Files to other episodes of the X Files. I feel like it's a long running show, but I also feel like they have a lot of companion episodes. So this very much feels like a companion episode to Never Again to me. Um, you have uh, <laughs> yes Scully's daddy's issues like full on display. Uh, <laughs> and you have like her. We we start with like. Her being fed up with Mulder and just being uninterested in their job, essentially. Mm-hmm. Scully got lunch, which is interesting because we never see them eat. And they eat, like, some actor bullshit. Like, she's eating a salad and he de- he's eating, like, a wrap. I thought it was a burrito, which I feel like makes more sense for Mulder. But, like, a wrap? And I was like, what the hell is going on here? She just went to the craft services table real quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But he's, like, talking about crop circles, and Scully's, like, not even listening a little bit, and he's, like, so wounded about it, too. And she's, like, I just don't see the point. And he's, like, well, I bought you a ticket to England. And she's, like, I'm not going. I need to take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, good for her. Yeah, she was she's so, good. so funny. She's, like, <laughs> she's given real I got called in to work on a Saturday vibes, like, angrily eating her salad, like, completely disengaged with Mulder and just being like, I just want to go shower and chill. Yeah, she's like, I can't get on a plane for like 12 hours. I need to like take a bath. Yeah. (laughs) She said, I need to self-care, Mulder. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, she really exactly. She's having like a very ill-defined midlife crisis, I feel like. Like, in Never Again, it was kind of out of nowhere if you ignore the fact that it was kind of reshifted so like you could say it was because of the cancer but i don't anyway but like this is like truly out of nowhere i feel like like why is she just like suddenly doing this again like not even this again because it's like different in a different way you know yeah it's also we get some like scully backstory that has never really been alluded to before and that's also kind of she sleeps with her professors yeah Okay, I will say we didn't watch the episode, but she this is not a first for her. Okay. <laughs> she well, slept with other professors. <laughs> she needs to have better taste and also professors this who have power issues. over her need to stop preying on her. But anyway. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, if I can if I can bring some clarification in from Jillian. She wrote it, she had to cut it because she wrote mm-hmm. the episode was too long, so she had to cut some of it. She had to cut some of the Daniel and scully stuff and so she cut the fact that they didn't sleep together it was getting close to like becoming an affair and she made the decision to step back from it oh but daniel never got over it and so his wife this is very grim i'll read you what she wrote scully didn't want that to happen because she didn't want to become a homewrecker and um so she backed away and then she learns from maggie later so she's she doesn't understand why maggie hates her yeah as much as she does. But right. so she learns from Maggie later that her father shut down emotionally and his wife, uh, as Jillian says, starts to go a little nutty, is hospitalized and eventually hangs herself. And it's just like, OK, I'm like glad that was cut because like that is what? She's <laughs> yeah, you should nutty. cut that. <laughs> like what? <God>. Uh... <laughs> So this episode no. could have been worse, is what I'm hearing. It could have been worse, yes. It, could have, it absolutely <laughs> could have been. She said it was long enough for a two-parter, and I was like... Oh, no. Of, of oh, what? No. Of what? 
Oh no. Like a two-parter of like, what are you telling us? That's like not <laughs> this doesn't say anything. <sighs> so anyway, they didn't sleep together, but he's very clearly obsessed with her, which I can I can get, you know? I do sort of get it. <laughs> she just attracts simps. Like, I don't know what it is about her, but she has so many simps. It's insane. Like, how? She's just that hot. I think, yes, I think it's the hotness, but I feel like she's also the kind of woman who, like, is honestly a bit mysterious. Like, I feel like you don't, like, we know a lot about her, but I feel like she kind of, like, she's the kind of person you think she's like one type of person and then you say something and she reacts Mm -hmm. totally different than what you expect Mm -hmm. and so i think that's like really alluring to people and i also think that like she doesn't really smile that much so i feel like if you got a laugh or a a smile out of her it would like feel like a million bucks (laughs) so i think she just has that confluence of things that cause people to become obsessed with her yeah (laughs) but even like this whole her running into this sort of X is by pure happenstance because she's given documents but they're his instead of the one she was looking for and then like the nurse just like breaks HIPAA yeah HIPAA- she's like is this Daniel Watterson and, he, and she's like yes like would you like to know his room number I it's like that's illegal up when HIPAA was enacted and it was enacted in 1996 so this is absolutely a major <laughs> HIPAA violation even if she is another doctor, like, she's not a doctor at that hospital necessarily. That's just, like, where she did the autopsy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And even, like, even healthcare professionals can't look up, like, non-patient information no. anyway. Because I, I remember there were cases where, like, someone who worked for the hospital got injured in, like, a motorcycle accident. Mm-hmm. And then they looked up his records. And that's a violation. Because yeah. they aren't treating him. Right. They can't look up that rec- information. It doesn't matter if you work there. It doesn't matter if you're a nurse. Right. Um, so yeah, just a blatant HIPAA violation. Major HIPAA violation. <laughs> I feel like dumb dumbs like me. I'm like, oh, she's FBI. I don't know. Like she can do whatever. She wants. <laughs> I guess it's because she's FBI. I don't know. <laughs> Even if you're the FBI, they like are not supposed to give you patient information. Yeah, they got to get a court order for that. It's like it's like Hollywood didn't learn about HIPAA yet. Not know? yet, and it's been four years. J- Jillian didn't know. Yeah. She's she's used to work going to like homeopaths who probably like tell her entire business because <laughs> they're not licensed. She's like, what do you mean my blood type is protected health information? <laughs> so we meet Daniel and they have like a, a very weird interaction. Um you could say that about pretty much all their scenes. Like <laughs> Jillian is giving like their performance of a lifetime. I don't think the guy who plays Daniel Watterson is bad or anything. But like we're just missing so much information about this relationship. Yeah. And maybe if we didn't spend so much time putting Moby songs <laughs> over scenes, we could learn some information about these people and why we should care. Okay. I yeah, I very quickly deduced like, okay, this is her professor who she probably slept with, but I felt like I was like, maybe this was talked about in a different episode. Like maybe this is a recurring character that I just have not picked up on. He was awful also, by the way. I wrote Big Weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. he sucks. He's he's pretty bad. And like I, I feel like the episode like does like make that clear, but it's just also just so weird. 
The whole episode is just so weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she goes home. She gets a call from Maggie, who's pissed because she's like, you showed up and now he wants you back. Because like, oh, hold on. Backtrack. I think he was asleep when she came to visit. Yeah, he was right? asleep at first. Yeah. Yes, and then might be. his Maggie calls and says that the doctor told him that she was there and now he wants her to come back. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. And then <laughs> I just wrote this old dude gets a whiff of Scully and he's going full pathetic groveling. But like, I but, wasn't yeah. wrong. <laughs> no, you weren't. That is exactly what happened. He's he's like literally like about to ruin his life again. Again. And she's like, I'm not that kind of person anymore. <laughs> the uh. person who didn't sleep with her professor this time. Because he seems like he's her was a professor in like medical school and the one she did sleep with was her like training guy at the FBI. Oh. So like she was a little bit older. <laughs> and he wasn't married, so that's probably what it was. She's like, I don't I don't draw the line at sleeping with my professors. I draw the line at sleeping with my professors who are married. <laughs> She's a I mean, girl's girl. It makes less <laughs> sense to me that they didn't sleep together. Like, just have it be a full-blown affair at this point, because that's yeah, basically like this how man's going crazy. everyone's treating it. So They're not treating it like y'all went out to dinner a couple times right. and people got suspicious. Or you got like a little too close, and then you decided that it was unprofessional and ethically wrong, so you stopped. Like, no, like everyone's acting like this was a full-blown, like they <laughs> did it and were doing it for a while type of affair. You know? Yeah, yeah like, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. He, he, she says, like, when did you come to Washington? And he was like, 10 years ago. And she burst into tears and is like, you moved here for me? You're telling me that man moved somewhere <laughs> and he's been living there for a decade for a woman that he never slept with? Get real. And, that, and has yet to run into her until now? <laughs> yes. Crazy. This is, this is quite literally the plot of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> That's literally scary stalker vibes. Alexa play Love Colonels. <laughs> I I want to make it clear I didn't move here for Scully. <laughs> it, he, mm -hmm. She just happens to live here. <laughs> <laughs> Scully daddy issues on full display. I kept thinking of that line for never again. And along the way, there are other fathers. <laughs> like ugh, you know, I kind of respect it. Like they they're going. It's fun because I think like this episode and never again is interesting to see Scully in a very atypical way. I think this being kind of a flaw of hers makes sense to me. And I think it makes her like very fascinating. It's a very interesting characterization of Scully, even though it is like objectively a bad episode and the writing is bad. But Jillian's still giving a really good performance. So it's like mm -hmm. this really weird dissonant feeling of like it being bad, but also kind of good. It's so yeah. strange. This episode is so weird. She's so yeah. like yeah. beautifully vulnerable this whole episode, even right. though I, I don't yes. know contextually what's going on, but like I'm with right. her for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to see Scully vulnerable like that because we don't see her very vulnerable that often. Mm -hmm. But exactly within the context of the episode, it's so strange. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just like 
you'll you'll kind of get a sense of what you think this episode is gonna be, and then like Scully is driving, and like there's the rhythmic turn signal noise, and then this like woman in a baseball cap and like a weird jacket like cross the street, and so she breaks to not hit this woman, and then like a semi rolls by, so she like absolutely would have got like completely decimated by this semi. So like she has this weird relationship with this woman we don't see the face of. And she's recurring in the episode, too, but I'm also just like, is she, like, a real person? Like, is that, that's, like, her, the the, the lesbian, the physicist, woo-woo <laughs> woman's wife, or no? No, that's not, that's not <laughs> okay. the, the lesbian, woo-woo phys- physicist's wife. Colleen. Okay. Yeah, Colleen. Colleen. No, that's like, not, I, I just, like, which, like, Colleen is a whole other thing, but. <laughs> um, yes. Like, that is a lesbian written by a straight woman, but anyway. (laughs) um, Yeah, Colleen is a a whole other thing, but, like, this, like, mysterious blonde white woman in the baseball cap just looks like every sort of, like, California granola mom to me. Like, like it's some weird new agey, like, spirit calling out to her to, like, guide her, but also, like, the woman that they picked to just walk around like literally like looks like someone who I think would be into alternative medicine. Um, Yeah. It's got the vibes. And then we have, we have, we meet Colleen briefly Mm -hmm. and I think this, this is so odd because she, you know, she goes to pick up this thing very dutifully. Balder asks her to go pick up this thing. So she does. Of course she does. And this woman starts saying, like, woo-woo shit, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I just, like, have such a low, you know, you want to talk aliens, you want to talk werewolves, you want to talk any of that shit, I'm down. If you want to talk about woo-woo stuff, I'm out. I am sorry. I just cannot vibe with that, like, even a little. Shelby I have a is not biology. a crystal I have, I have to bounce. Like, yeah. all, like, I don't know what it is about me, but, like, I just cannot buy into any of that stuff. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> so the same. Like, and I, like... I wouldn't expect that from myself, but I realized that, like, watching this, as soon as she was like, wow, you seem like you're in a rush. I think you should really slow down. I was like, shut the fuck up, bitch. Like, just give me the papers. Like, <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. You don't know me. Exactly. I think spiritualism has its place for people, but it's not, like, a replacement for, like, real life things like medicine and therapy, you know? Yeah. And I think it's too often construed as alternatives to those things when like, which this episode no. says, yeah, <laughs> which we'll get into anyway. <laughs> this episode's very much on that side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then like, there's like this, she looks at this picture, like confused and it says like heart chakras. And I was like, I, tr- I couldn't give less of a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Be a little bit more obvious. Why don't you? It's just it's just <laughs> such like a white woman's take on like Eastern religion and like yes, medicine. Yes. It's like so frustrating because it's yeah. like this is not even what like any of that is actually like. This this was about the time of revival of like because like in the sixties and seventies it was very much like that kind of thing in America, and this is kind of the nineties two thousands was kind of like a renaissance of that kind of Absolutely. approach, like Eastern yeah. yogi kind of bullshit. I not that stuff's not bullshit, but like, you know, white people calling themselves yogis, yeah, <laughs> things like that. I was trying to find a better word for it than like Orientalism, which like but it sounds is Orientalism, offensive. yeah, like this. I don't know, like 
trying on Buddhism to feel more yeah. uh, instead of going to therapy or whatever. <laughs> that is absolutely, but that's, that's the, I think that's the perfect word for it because that's absolutely a form of Orientalism. It's not necessary Orientalism in the way of like, it's still a fetishization of Eastern an aspect of Eastern culture. So I absolutely would call it Orientalism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Scully is like getting dragged into Daniel's like, bullshit too because like she's pissing off daniel's doctor by saying like daniel wants to take out this medicine which i have i don't care about but like Mm -hmm. he's the his doctor's like no that's not good for you and and scully's like no it should be fine for a short period of time and daniel's like thank you an expert and the guy's like i'm your cardiologist Um, I think it's really funny because the me- the medicine is prednisone, which my dog is currently on. <laughs> That's prednisone is just a steroid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, yes. I didn't even listen to what medicine it was, but yeah, prednisone's it's just a steroid. Yeah, Scully really walked into this <laughs> hospital and like was like, I work here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. And like, you know, this is where we find out like he moved to DC for her, and then like. They, his wife, I guess they didn't get a divorce if she just, like, died by suicide or whatever. But, like, functionally ended their marriage uh, over a couple dinners. Uh, so Daniel's doing great. And he's he's really healed in the past ten years. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah, and Scully's getting all the flack for this, kind of. And yes. it's just not, a, but, like, it's not her fault. Like, it's really just Daniel's fault. And y'all are so right that like it's like it makes no sense if like they didn't even sleep sleep together. Like, like she's getting so much heat like yeah. she ruined this guy's family. And like I mean, first of all, even if they had slept together, she didn't, he did. But like right. <laughs> even that is like what is going on here? <laughs> and then like we get more like just all the dialogue between them is just so weird. Like he asks like what she wants and she says, I want everything I should want at this time in my life. And it's just like, okay. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I was so, con- I, like, I was like, do you <laughs> like, what, could you define what it is that you're supposed to want? Because like, I mean, like we've kind of addressed this before. Like she obviously wants kids and we'll come back to that eventually. But, like, she's not talking about kids. She's just talking about, like, her career. But, like, also, we're not talking about her career, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I guess we're really just talking about things she walked away from in her past. Like, Daniel. Yeah. But, like, how does that connect to, like, what you should want now? You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I also just don't understand, like, the, like, you should want this type of thing it's like it just doesn't make any sense to me and so just being like i want all the things that i should want and it's like yeah but what are those because i don't know i don't know what you mean by that like i don't know what we should want (laughs) besides Mm -hmm. like you know a roof and like food (laughs) yeah and then like daniel starts coding and like scully is just like doing she's doing cpr wrong sorry not to harp on you jillian but like that's way too slow. Like, she's just like, beep, 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 like, to the Moby song instead of, like, 100 beats per minute yeah. minute or whatever it is. Like, entirely too slow to be giving chest compressions like this. Why is she, like, 
obviously when he first starts Cody, it makes sense why she is. But like, you don't work here. She's telling the nurses what to do. And it's like, you don't even work here. She like legally can't do what she did. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're watching an episode of House. It's just like, how many like kind of explicit laws can we break? (laughs) Yeah, it's like how much malpractice, how many HIPAA violations can we get? And like, yeah, it's like she's legally like she's not licensed like at that hospital. Like she can't treat people there, including her like former lover who started coding. Like it's fine that she started CPR, but like she's the one that was like telling them to administer epinephrine and was like the yes. one charging the defibrillator and it just was a lot. So much, so much. Yeah. And so he survives or whatever, but he has he has a sickness that isn't medical. As we learn from uh, Colleen, she goes back to the woo-woo lady because Scully is just in. I, I, you know, I not not for me to tell Jillian she doesn't understand Scully because she is Scully. She's done a lot of great work with Scully, but like, I just don't think this is how Scully would react to. She this isn't how she typically reacts to learning. Information that conflicts with her worldview. We know she's open to believe. And so when this up, when she's like, you're closed off, you don't want to believe what I believe, you come in and you've already made up your mind, which like is true. Like that is how Scully acts, but she is open to believe. Like that's, that's not her problem. Yeah. We've seen her do that many times before this. Yeah. Like we, we could have that conversation like season three, right. season four, even, but yeah. like not in season seven. It's also, I just really like the part where Colleen was like, you know, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. <laughs> like She's the like, full on Spider-Man meme. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I used to be a physicist and I hated my life. And it's like, yeah, like girl, because yeah. academia sucks. Yeah, I love when she's like, I had cancer, but then when I realized that I just had to deal with my shame, my cancer went away. Went away. It's like, that's oh not God. how <laughs> cancer works. <laughs> yeah. was, I'm was sorry, so but bad. you still have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. She's like, I was closeted, like I was afraid, and then I got cancer. And it's like, I mean, those are separate things. <laughs> it's like, exactly. It's not like your being closeted gave you cancer. Being right. a closeted lesbian did not cause your breast cancer. <laughs> right. I'm like, sure, you know, dealing with your trauma and managing your stress will make any health situation better, but it did exactly. not cure your cancer. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. I think the wildest part is that Scully's so receptive to it. She's like, yeah, oh my God, like, Daniel's not suffering from something yeah. medical. <laughs> I'm like, Scully. Immediately. (laughs) This is where it's like, like Shelby was saying, like, you don't want to say that Jillian doesn't understand Scully, but I think that there are still aspects of Scully that Jillian doesn't truly fully understand, right? And this is just Mm -hmm. proof of that. Yeah, and I feel like it's a different thing writing Scully than acting Scully in that Mm -hmm. way. Like, when when you write what you... Write what you know in Jillian's case, and it's woo-woo stuff. And she <laughs> writes it, and then you're having Scully say this stuff, and it's just like, Jillian, like, she can't say stuff like that. I'm sorry. Like, this is you. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't Scully. It's just, like, this is just Jillian's self-insert fanfic. David Duchovny yeah. got his self-insert fanfic, and then Jillian gets her self-insert <laughs> fanfic, 
and then they're both happy. This is like the one time David Duchovny has the edge over Jillian because like he can write his self insert better. Like it makes sense. He, he understands better, yeah. Mulder. He when he wrote the unnatural. First of all, he was he was kind of sidelined, so he didn't have to write Mulder too much. It, what the story wasn't about Mulder, right? Directly, but like even when he did write Mulder, and like he's just trying to figure out what the UFO angle is for this whole case, it's just perfect. It's funny. It's it's lampooning him as a character, which I'm sure David was very excited to do. But then Julian is like not lampoon. Like this would have been funnier if she was lampooning Scully. If that makes sense, yeah. Like if 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 it just was so she was so unwilling to accept alternative realities and alternative belief systems, which she can be proven. And it just got to like an absurd degree and it was like comical. Like that would have worked if you wanted to do that. But as this episode stands, it doesn't work because Scully wouldn't do any of this shit. <laughs> yeah. It Almost would be better if Daniel had just been like a hypochondriac the entire time and had been making up this illness. And so like mm -hmm. Scully's convinced he has an actual physical illness, but really like he's just sort of making it up. And then like that would have been a bit more like lampooning Scully in a more interesting mm -hmm. way instead of just like, mm -hmm. yeah, this episode is very serious, too. It takes itself very yes. seriously, which is interesting. Exactly. Not that Scully doesn't yeah. deserve to be taken seriously, but like it's so such unscully like behavior, it's kind of weird for it to be so serious. And I feel like the show is kind of like it it doesn't track in like this new agey stuff enough. And in like when it does, I feel like it's a bit cheeky about it. Like the show is like, oh yeah, you know, like this. <laughs> Those new age hippies over there. Yeah, like we don't really do that around here. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel right. like she could have. She was like almost doing something where like she could have addressed like Scully is, you know, like she's grasping at straws. She's like reliving this trauma. And so it makes sense that she's kind of going off the rails in this weird direction. But she just like fully, she wasn't like fully there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then we have Maggie calling to yell at Scully because, like, Daniel's in a coma now. And, yeah. <laughs> and then I think this is kind of when Maggie and Scully, like, have their heart-to-heart. -heart. This is, like, the only part of the episode that I like is, like, Maggie I, yeah. and Scully getting on the same page. Because it's, like, now the anger is actually directed at the person that it should be directed at, which is Daniel. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that that's like an actually interesting part of the story to me. It's yeah. like Daniel, like the Daniel stuff, some of it doesn't work, but like him ruining his life for like an unrequited or requited but refused to act on feelings or whatever they are. Ruining his life, like becoming obsessed with her, like letting it fester. And then bringing in some woo-woo stuff in chakras or auras or whatever. You're, you have an ugly aura. Your aura is black because you keep festering over this <laughs> woman you taught once. Like, okay, we could have. But, like, that's not this episode at all. Like, you could kind of tease that out if you wanted to. But that's not what this episode is trying to tell us. And then we have 
quite possibly the most annoying scene of the episode where she's walking around DC following those strange women, ends up in a Buddhist temple, has a flashback of her entire life. And then Daniel, and I don't know if she gets the answer of Daniel's problem at this point or what. <laughs> like, what was this? She's not walking around just anywhere in DC. She's walking around Chinatown and she's following the only other white woman in visibility. She's like, wait a second. This girl's on to something. <laughs> I recognize that blonde ponytail. It's such she an is. offensive Chinatown depiction, too. Like, people are riding rickety bikes and, like, cooking on the street and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is this, it, like, it, it rem- Chinatown anything of, about, like, a like, hundred years ago? Like, what is what is the deal? <laughs> but Doesn't, I is it L.A. or San Francisco that has, like, a very stereotypical, like, touristy Chinatown? San it's probably San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. Where it has, like, yeah. gates and stuff. And it's, like, very clearly playing that up. Yeah, it looks really cool though. It's the but, history. Yeah. It's it's cool. It's the history. Yeah, and this feels like it's like LA's like it's like some back lot on the Fox Studio. Right, and, like it's <laughs> standing for DC's Chinatown. Right, and it's just so bad. Oh god, it's it's so it it like offends me. It's also just like she walks into this Buddhist temple and like looks at this golden statue of Buddha and then starts breaking down and like that was really weird to me because i think it's okay to have an emotional response to mm-hmm. like a statue of buddha of, of buddha because especially like <laughs> some of the golden ones are really buddha i know freudian slip it's because there's a fire out but anyway <laughs> blame the fire truck but it's just like it's like a very weird like breakdown it's like She's not really a Buddhist. She's not really put in any of the time or the effort or the work into sort of building a relationship through this belief system. So to walk into a temple and then just immediately start having a breakdown is like very weird. She is also Catholic. Right. If I was going to pick any religion that was going to be like less receptive to Buddhism it's like someone who's like, if she was a lapsed ca- Catholic, that would bump up the odds. Because right. like lapsed Catholics, you can get them to do anything, I feel. Yeah. But like, you know, you got Catholics, Baptist, Mormons. No, absolutely not. No. They don't play with Buddha at no. all. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like Catholicism has a lot of nice woo-woo in, like you know, imagery oh, that yes. they could have used. Like, I, I mean, yeah. if she'd just gone into like a church or something like um, Hello, they have the Virgin Mary. Like, you don't need anything else. She is yes. Catholicism. Like, Jillian, like, legitimately forgot Scully was Catholic in this episode because none of this makes sense for, like, a Catholic bitch to be doing any of this. Yeah. I don't, I'm sorry. They just don't. Jillian's probably Protestant, like, was probably raised Protestant, I'm assuming, because, like, I feel, yeah, like, I think she, I feel like she was quote unquote Protestant. They went to church at Easter and Christmas. And this that's is, about it. like, definitely not, like, catholic vibes you know like no. it's definitely like lapsed and or former catholic but definitely not still currently practicing catholic vibes which scully is like she's not like her faith is very important to her but she's not like so wrapped into um the culture of right. catholicism i guess i would say 
but like she is that's a very important part of her faith she's she has wavered a bit like in her cancer diagnosis but like it's only strengthened her faith in a lot of ways like she is catholic right like scully can understand faith but this is like such a weird offshoot depiction of that because it's like if she was going to go into this exploration of faith, why wasn't it within her beliefs, her already established belief system, you know? Yeah. Zero mentions of her Catholicism, like even a little. This is such like actor, like learning about Buddhism, like some a few tenets of Buddhism, Buddhism. Yeah, it's like more offensive that way. Like now that we're like she is because it's like okay, Catholic Catholicism, that's like religion, that's serious, and Buddhism, that's like spiritualist, and that's like that's not for that's Easter, that's like that's just for fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the episode gets weirder. I feel like (laughs) you you just like you can't expect anything that comes next because now she has like a, a Buddhist healer at. Daniel's bedside and the doctor's like what in the hell are you doing and he's right the doctor is right Absolutely. but Maggie's like I don't care I don't care at this point whatever do whatever <laughs> it's, <laughs> my it's shit my shit father <laughs> it's really funny because it's like the doctor's absolutely right but Maggie also <laughs> has the right to be like it's not hurting anything just let it happen I don't care yeah, you know exactly also we, we I feel like we haven't even acknowledged like is Maggie Older or younger than Scully? I think she's they seem older. very close in age or very close. Yeah, yeah. like like ten tennis years older, maybe. Oh no, I think they're closer than that. I think that okay, Maggie is maybe only a few years older than Scully. Yeah, yeah, that's the vibe it, it's I just get. Like, it's just like good God, dude. Like, yeah, man. Also, this Buddhist healer is also white. So, like, every person that we are around in this episode that is closely tied to Buddhism and Eastern religion is a white person. Just saying. God, you're so right. Like, there's there's no, like, legitimate, like, you know, I know China, it's, Chinese are pretty into Buddhism. I know there's a, it's kind of. Yeah, so Buddhism started in India and then from there it spread to China and Korea and then to Japan from Korea um, mm-hmm. and to other Southeast Asian countries too, like Thailand and Cambodia and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Vietnam and stuff before they were colonized by um, Western people. Like, cause like. The like, Catholics! Yeah, because of say, because Vietnam is actually very Catholic because they were colonized by the French. Um, shout out to Thailand for never being colonized, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Everything about this episode sucks. I'm going to be, it just, yeah. It's a wild ride. <laughs> it felt like, uh, I don't know how to explain this, but it felt like, um, being in like a Trader Joe's in the rich part of town. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I think that's great. Yes. <laughs> like it's a little bit weird, but in a very, um comfortable familiar and white way <laughs> exactly You're right i feel like this doesn't even veer into like fun woo-woo stuff like you know like because i feel like you have your traditional like hollywood woo-woo which is what this is but then you have like we need some like you know new mexican woo-woo mm. because that's fun you know like they're like they're literally like i don't use any paper products like <laughs> You like look up an Airbnb like out in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico and they're like, okay, we have like fresh eggs and like you have to compost your toilet. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> they're not even these kind of woo-woos. Like they still no. like use plastic and shit, but like <laughs> Yeah. 
Like, um, unless you're, like, in the middle of a desert, like, <laughs> trying to, like, do, like, sustenance farming. Like, I don't respect you. <laughs> They're, like, rich California yoga retreat crystal woo-woo. And that's what this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. episode is. I think Jillian went on some uh, California yo- yeah. like yoga gonna, retreats and came back with this episode. She was doing ayahuasca and Joshua tree. <laughs> and she's like, I had an idea of an episode. You know, you're probably right. <laughs> she was in one of those fancy yurts. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Daniel's finally awake again. It's also funny because like, we never learned what his initial illness is other than like he he has like a heart issue. And we never know what he was cured of. You his know heart I mean? chakra was blocked. <laughs> Shelby, come on. No, you're right. You're right. It was the it, heart chakra. It was the and shame. Then they literally told us. Yeah. The shame <laughs> blocks your heart chakra. And so it was mm-hmm. like, we're making fun. But, you know, there are people that actually believe in this. And that's there is, you know, some validity to to some of, yeah, some of whatever, it. Right. But yeah. like his shame was blocking his heart chakra. So he was going into cardiac arrest and the Buddhist <laughs> healer heals him, even though the Buddhist healer said that his body wants to give up, but something's still keeping him here. And so mm-hmm. he unblocked his heart chakra and was able to wake back up. That's just a weird thing. I feel like you have to unblock your own heart chakra. Like, I feel like Daniel is taking shortcuts. He's, and, yeah. and it's interesting because Scully says, you know, um, you need to take responsibility for what you've done. Right. Which is and true. He does. That's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And like, you know, she says, you know, I, I met, I, we, talked again and i realized i'm not the same person i was and like that's valuable but like Mm -hmm. we just took such a weird route to get to the end of this yeah we kind of wrap up the episode scully sees this white blonde woman again but it's like Mulder now which like makes this whole saga even more confusing honestly like what i was (laughs) like i screamed when it turned she turned around (laughs) and it was Mulder. And, and it was like almost. I was like, "Is Mulder her guardian angel, like leading her to her true self, versus Daniel, who believes she's, you know, this person that she's not anymore?" I don't know. It, it wasn't was so because funny. he was wearing the best hat imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! She saw him in this hat that says Stonehenge Rocks, Amazing. and she immediately no went notes. home and fucked him. Like, <laughs> unreal! Unreal! <laughs> Be like, girl, that is why you're having an existential crisis. <laughs> because you're in love with the man who wears a hat that says Stonehenge Rock. Who goes to England to look for crop circles. And it's just like, I didn't find anything, but I, I did go see Stonehenge. That was pretty cool. It's like, bitch, you like lived in England for like a, a fair amount of time. Like you've been to Stonehenge before, in my opinion. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because yeah. didn't he go to Oxford or Cambridge or yeah, something? He, was in, he went to Oxford yeah. for his undergrad. Yeah, it's also like he just had a little weekend vacay in the UK and she was reliving a trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, yep. no, it was fine. It's like, girl, it's a little unfair here. And, <laughs> and David wasn't in this episode very much because he had to prep for Hollywood AD, which they shoot soon. I think it's not the next episode, but. Like the one after that. Maybe in Shooter it was. Yeah. yeah. I think it's an episode after, but I don't know if they shot Brand X like before or after. Right. Anyway. 
And it's funny because like this episode with Mulder and Scully, like at the end is like my favorite scene of this episode. <laughs> and I think it is like, because like the dialogue in this scene is good. Like yeah. I think this back and forth is good and compelling. And it's just like, is is a big part of my problem with this episode is that like they don't interact enough, possibly. But like the woo woo stuff is just overwhelming. But I don't even get like a like a sprinkle of Mulder and Scully, you know? Yeah. It's not helping. You're not helping your case, Jillian. <laughs> so they're chatting and and I do like I, maybe it's all worth it for how like shocked and kind of stunned Mulder is that like Scully has opened herself up to the possibilities and he was like gone doing nothing. Cause he is very much like, whoa. <laughs> You went through a lot while I was gone. <laughs> He's like, you talked to God and he talked back? And she's like, well, I didn't say he talked back. It's like, I don't know, girl. At least say that. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, are you leaving? Now you're like Buddhist? <laughs> it's a big jump. But like, yeah, like their conversation here, like, this is obviously what the episode's trying to say, but in like a completely muddled way. But like the idea, like. I mean, not to bring in Taylor Swift, because we've talked about white people enough in this episode, <laughs> but like Invisible String, you know, like everything tied me back to you. Like, I, I like love that kind of stuff. Like, that's mm -hmm. like, there's just something so deeply compelling about that. And like this idea that Scully thinks like, maybe there was one choice, like, and everything else was wrong. And like, maybe this is it, the universe telling me or Buddha or whoever God, Buddha, the universe, whoever is telling me that I've made the right choices along my way. And, and well, there's like, that says a lot, like a lot, a lot, like maybe more than we should get into at this late hour. <laughs> but like, it's just so good. Like that, like, that's good. But I'm like, that's not the episode we just watched. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I think if Daniel had been more of like an obvious foil to Mulder, like there's a couple of lines where he's like, oh, like, you can't be passionate about this, not in the way that you are about medicine. And he's very like, I know the real you. And she's like challenging. Mm -hmm. Are you guys trying to challenge that or make sense of that the whole episode? But like, yeah, it was so muddled. Like you said, it just, I got it, but I really had to like <laughs> reach for it. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. I think if Daniel had been more developed or if it had even been a situation like they had an affair and it got so serious that they almost got engaged and then she broke it off. That would be like a bigger thing to kind of highlight mm -hmm. like this, this like, no, she made this life choice and is affirming this life choice again type of thing. Mm -hmm. Instead of it's just like she made this choice and she's still standing by it, but it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like your other options if, if didn't seem that great either. So <laughs> yeah. If Scully's big moment in her life was like when she chose mm -hmm. to go to the FBI instead of medical, yeah. like instead of becoming a doctor, if that was like the big fulcrum point of her life, which like I would buy, like that's a really big decision. If if Daniel was the reason she chose the FBI over becoming a doctor, like a regular practicing doctor. Like, yes, like, this would make sense, but, like, that's not what this episode is saying. Like, this is what I am reaching out of this episode. I'm, like, trying to cobble the pieces together into, like, an interesting episode. It's giving the episode too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Scully, like, conks out and, like, 
Mulder's like so deliciously like tender in this moment. It's very sweet. They are like, this is like, he's like, the way he's leaning over her is like doing it. Like they're, yeah. they're absolutely doing it. You don't look at someone like that if you're not doing it is what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's so baby girl in this. <laughs> yeah, they cannot hide anymore. He is so baby girl in this episode. <laughs> That's why he gets all kind of like hurt that she's not paying attention to him. Yeah, at the he's beginning. like so wounded earlier. He's just like, excuse. <laughs> this is how he acts now that he's getting that on the reg. <laughs> we we haven't watched enough of season seven to really get this, so I guess we could talk about this now, but. In the fandom community, season seven is joking slash seriously, I guess, depending on who's saying it, called the secret season of sex. (laughs) Um, Because they're very convinced they've been fucking this entire season, which, like, if you watch the show, you're like, I can see that conclusion. They're They're, like, very flirty this season. Yeah. And I think this is where I kind of diverge with a lot of the fan community, because, like, just because that's true in my mind, like I buy the argument, doesn't make this as a good season. No. <laughs> and so like, I think that like when people say season seven is good, it's like, no, it's just horny. Like you like it because it's horny. It's not good. Like it's fine. It's not bad, but it's not good. Like there are a lot of right. flops this season. It can be fun and also not good at the same time. <laughs> yes, that's season seven to me. Yeah. And when our past guest Michaela was watching the show I think we had we talked about this because she was just like this isn't good and I was like no you're right like they get blinded by the fact that like they're making goo goo eyes at each other yep. every second they're on screen together and they just ignore the fact that like all these stories are really boring and like this is a boring episode it's not a good episode like it doesn't matter if they fucked it's boring it sucks <laughs> But at least Mulder's fish are still doing well. Like, we know his fish oh are alive. <laughs> the little UFO the little bobber little thing. UFO bobber's so cute. So cute. So cute. I know I know. Scully bought that for him. You know? I love the, the final scene where it zooms into, like, the Buddha statue, like, under his desk or whatever. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Real. That was such, like, a jump scare. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> Buddha jump scare. Yeah, I was like, what is that? And then as soon as I saw it, I was like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it has again. like the lingering shot of like X-Files episodes when they're like, we've caught him or did we? You mm-hmm. know, like when they have like a zoom in on like the fluke man from Host mm-hmm. or like um, the zoom in on like tombs. And, and like, so it was like a, kind of a weird direction choice because it's like, I usually when you zoom in like that it, at the end of an episode of the X-Files it's like meant to be creepy so like, you're this casting not meant doubt to be creepy. yeah <laughs> yeah which is like a bit odd to me but yeah, yeah she's a secret was... Buddhist underneath all of that Catholic <laughs> and exterior. so is Mulder I guess yeah <laughs> I think that it's like totally okay to explore like other belief systems and like Eastern philosophy and Eastern religions But, like, you need to do that from a very, like, earnest place. And, like, it's not going to fix you. It's, like, they're just like any other religion. Like, there's problems. There's factions. There's fighting. There's bad things that happen because of them. Like, Mm -hmm. Buddhism isn't this just, like, entirely, inherently peaceful religion. Like, people have killed 
and have been killed over it. Like, yeah, it's very complex. And so I think like this, that's, it's like totally okay to like approach other, like, you know, belief systems and, and thought processes as like a West, a Western person, but like, you need to do so with respect. And like, that's not what this episode does. And that's not what a lot of people do because they just want like a sort of like a comfort level from it. You know, they just want to feel better about their own lives, which is fine. But in the Mm -hmm. end, they just end up fetishizing and consuming something to consume it instead of to try to actually become a part of it and to be like an operating member of a community around it. So, yeah. And it always feels like it's just their impression of Buddhism right. rather than Buddhism. You right. know, like it's like I I skimmed the Wikipedia article or or like this this other white person told me about Buddhism and yeah. I've ran with everything yeah. they say. It's just yeah. it's very complex. I I read a um I got really interested in how Buddhism started in Japan because my great grandparents were Shinto Buddhists and my grandmother converted to Christianity as a teenager and it was always like a thing we did not talk about like it was a hard line like she was very like firm in that conversion and so whenever I started getting into being like okay like what was this about because like that family connection for me doesn't really exist very much anymore except through like some distant cousins I like I I bought like a few or I got a few books from the library and like some textbooks on it and stuff. And like this is just like Japanese Buddhism. We're not even talking about like Chinese or what's going on in India or Korea or like other places. But there's just so many different types and factions and Mm -hmm. belief like systems like within it. It is like super confusing. (laughs) You have to, like, Mm -hmm. remember all of these names, and it's, like, super hard to keep straight who was who in, who was alive in 600, and who was alive in 900, (laughs) and, oh, they started this sect of Buddhism, and they believe this, and, like, but this other sect is what really started, like, funerary rites, and, like, that's why people, that's why it got popular, and it's just, like, insane, but, like, specifically within Japan, temples were used as like militias during certain periods of their history and so it's like you know it's like very complex because it's not just like oh yay like energy or a uwu spiritualism like like no like it's the there's literally like warrior monks who are buddhist monks who were then used to go out and like either like attack people that they thought were encroaching on their rights or they like temples hold a lot of power and they still hold a lot of power in like modern societies and how they use that to maintain their status quos and to you know help people sometimes but also mostly maintain the status quo and maintain their power and that's literally that's the same as like the like Catholicism, like that's the same as mm-hmm. a lot of Western religions that really only operate to maintain their power in society and not to actually like help people, which is like kind of what we think is the most important part of religion is like helping people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so that was the episode. <laughs> and we have our segments. And there's no easy, uh, you know, transition. From- <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We start with Agent 
Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder! Mulder! Our Mulder rating. And he was not in this episode at all. <laughs> and he was, like, kind of annoying when he was. But Stonehenge Rock's hat does rock. It really mm, does. I'm going to move four. Yeah. I don't know. It's four. <laughs> A four? Laura. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but okay. <laughs> you, okay. Anyway, I just like have a tolerance for him. He's just, every time he's annoyed, I'm like, okay, baby. <laughs> I do too. I gave him a one. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That's really funny. I don't know why I said four. I, I didn't write anything down. It just spoke to me in the moment. You're like, he, start, he starts it. middle just from his personality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's true, though. He really was just like, prouny face. You don't want to come to England with me. And like, yeah. Prom circles. And it's like, no, she doesn't. She's going through <laughs> something right now. Yeah. Yeah. I gave him a like a six and a half because he's like annoying and kind of like a little baby way. <laughs> and it's like, he's just like, come to England and look at crop circles with me. And she's like, I have so many other things I would rather do. And he's like, but, and she's like, no. And then he still <laughs> gives her, and he's like, okay, don't come with me then. But then he still gives her like homework to do while he's gone. And she still does it. And that annoys me so much. I'm like, yeah. Scully, don't yeah. go work for this man while he's off having fun on a little weekend vacation and you're going through a trauma. And the reason was so weak. He was just like, she yeah. won't fax it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so classified. I guess lesbians <laughs> don't like women machines. don't believe in faxes. Yeah. <laughs> And next we have... So uh, this must be the enigmatic Agent Scully. Our sassy Scully moment. Laura. Uh, Yeah, so I'm not giving it to Scully this episode for a variety of reasons. But <laughs> one of my favorite sassy moments was Daniel's cardiologist. Whenever he walks into his hospital room and sees this healer and all these new agey people like doing a thing. And he just says, Dr. Scully, who do you think you are? <laughs> Love it. Amazing. That's a great question. No who notes. does she think she is? Exactly. That's really the heart of the episode. <laughs> um, he nailed it. So I gave it out mm -hmm. to him. Hey, Brianna. Um, I, she wasn't really very sassy this episode. She was no. kind of sad. She didn't have a lot of gumption, but, um, I did like when she went to get the papers from Colleen and she's like, yeah, I was almost in a car accident. And Colleen was like, wow, it sounds like you need to slow down. And Scully's just like, yeah, I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> and on that yeah, note, exactly. I'm busy. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> she just was looking at her like, ugh. <laughs> I think mine is, um, when she tells Daniel, you need to take responsibility for your actions. Because, like, sometimes, this sh a lot of times, the show doesn't do women right. And I think a lot of our ideas about whose fault it would be in this situation have completely changed. Um, not for everybody. I'm sure people would still call her a homewrecker. But I think this was, like, a moment of clarity. And I think her delivery of it was great. Of, like, you need to take responsibility for it. You have done, yeah. Daniel. Like... This isn't me. This isn't about me, honestly. Because you, 
and we've not talked for 10 years. I don't know how it could be about me. <laughs> you right. have this idea of me in my head, in your head, and, and you fixated on it so hard you gave yourself a heart attack or whatever, whatever the hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and lastly, we have... Welcome. You've got mail. Our 90th moment, or 2000th moment. Abriana. Um, Moby. <laughs> okay. good I mean, choice. great choice that's very 2000 to me <laughs> yeah i just i genuinely feel like i just missed moby like i think when i heard of him first he was a joke like it was said in a joking way and yeah. I, I think i just well i just completely missed the moby part i was listening to country music at the time <laughs> it's fine because, like, he, <laughs> the reason why you probably heard it as a joke is because he got a lot of flack for dating Natalie Portman when she was, like, super young. And he was, like, mm. 40. Okay. And so okay. that's where a lot of the the stuff happened because he kind of, like, got, like, really obsessed with Natalie Portman when she was, like, barely legal. Who's the guy? This who is a left common problem for yes. Because he was convinced he was in love with Natalie Portman, and she was like, "Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, I was about yeah. to say this seems to be a very common problem for Natalie Portman. She is our <laughs> yeah. our, our modern day Scully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get, he was like a, he wrote he wrote was it like a million little pieces or something like that? John, he's like an author. Jonathan Safran Foer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Him. He's the one that became obsessed with Natalie Portman. Yeah. yeah. He literally right? divorced his wife to be with Natalie Portman. <laughs> and, and yeah, he was like, I'm ready. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Big ol' yikes. So yeah, the use of Moby is very appropriate for this episode because mm -hmm. he is a giant simp. So there you go. Yeah. I think the thing as I think I just kind of assume Obi is like a kind of a modern day Morrissey. Like he talks a lot. It's sometimes he's right and sometimes he's very wrong and he's like vegan or something. Yeah, he definitely like had a cultural moment and like even within like sort of like electronic music, no one really cares about him anymore. So mm -hmm. Yeah, he to me he feels very like a late nineties like indie darling. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, yeah, they were like, yeah. oh, a white guy can do this. And so, like, he got really popular because of that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my 90th slash 2000s moment is uh, the confirmation that Scully is an Apple girly. Um, she has one of those, 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 those Mac computers with like the, <laughs> she has the blue one that had like the see-through back and they all came in like blue mm -hmm. and orange oh my and, goodness. and green. Those are very late 90s, early 2000s. And mm -hmm. that like, because it's like we see it whenever like it's like the shot in on her like apartment or whatever and her windows open and there's like wind chimes going. Um, but yeah, that was just like such a nice little like just chunk of early 2000s, late 90s culture. Yes, yes. Mine was, so I was very smitten by the projector at the beginning, and I was like, you know, we're in a new decade, but you know, some things stay the same. Um, but then my other thing was, I just, I felt really struck when Mulder said a computer program generated these crop circle images, and I just feel like there's something we wouldn't have heard a few years before. I don't know if our computer software was yeah. generating stuff at that time. <laughs> 
So it's like, it's the 2000s for making the computers work for us yeah. now. And I mean, that's kind of the whole point of computers, but you'll know what I mean. Yeah. Like, no, totally. computer technology is like advancing in a point where it's not playing catch up as much. Right. Uh, yeah. So that was our episode. And I, I truly did have this off the list. And then I was like, that's kind of rude to Jillian. And, and then I watched this episode. And I was like, wait, like, I do really hate this episode. You you put it on <laughs> in the name of second wave feminism, and then you yes. were like, I actually hate this because of the second wave feminism. <laughs> I support Me women's and the girly rights. were not vibing. And women's wrongs. And women's wrongs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we are trying to girl boss her way into writing a script, and it just didn't quite work. <laughs> and, you know, she tried. Yeah. I respect that, but... Yeah, her, I thought her directing was fun. I, I think I would be kind of excited to see Jillian direct. Yeah, the directing was definitely not the problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if she's directed other stuff that she's um, shows she's been on. It's interesting because I feel like the show the the runtime is shorter, and so I think people are just not getting. You know, your show doesn't go for seven seasons, mm-hmm. however many episodes. You're not getting the chance to direct in the same way you were unless you've been proved you've proven yourself already like they're not gonna let her direct like an episode of like the crown <laughs> right <laughs> even though she match. wasn't she wasn't she dating the the showrunner she and, she was dating and now she's dating him again and like <laughs> he won't let her direct an episode of the crown girl come on <laughs> you're dating the showrunner i'm looking up what she's directed now i'm just imagining this scully concept but on the crown like there's an episode where margaret thatcher has (laughs) an existential crisis (laughs) margaret thatcher rolling over in her grave (laughs) it is it's when she almost gets killed or whatever you're like damn that semi-truck should have hit her (laughs) so she's directed this and she's directed a short called the departure in 2014 and it was a prequel because she played, I don't know the name, oh, Blanche. She played Blanche in A, mm-hmm. street, a Streetcar Named Desire. So she directed a short, I guess, for before that. So she really hasn't, like, done anything else, um, which is interesting. Because it's not, yeah. And maybe there's just options aren't available the same way that they were. Maybe she doesn't want to again. Oh, yeah. She said, I did all I needed to do. Blue tones in the hospital, orange tones in the home. I mean, what more is there? Yeah, Yeah. she's like, I'm good. (laughs) Uh, So that was our episode. Yeah, very, very mixed opinions. I don't, well, there's some stuff I like, so I will say mixed. It's a mixed, it's a, it's a no for me, Jillian, but uh, (laughs) thank you for the effort. And if you would like to follow us on Twitter... Um, we are Condensed Truth on Twitter. If you would like to follow me on Blue Sky, I got an invite, and I am alphacouple.bluesky.social on there. And if you'd like to email us, we are condensedtruthpod at gmail.com. And next time, we are talking Season 7, Episode 19, Hollywood AD, as mentioned previously. And, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Thank you. Oh, actually, I do. Uh, Thank you, Adriana, for coming on. 
This is this is fun. Yeah. Thank you always. for having me. Especially on the girl boss episode. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I started watching it, I was like, I, I know why Shelby asked me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Ariana, do you want to plug your uh in your Insta store or no? Oh yeah, sure. Um, vintage I page? sell vintage clothing on Instagram um, under at Ambrosia Vintage underscore. And yeah, I would love for anybody to check it out. I bought some pants <laughs> and they're very comfy. Great service. I try so, yeah, to check fun. out her shop. <laughs> you do theme yeah. drops. You're very size inclusive, which is nice. Yeah. It's very millennial core. Um, oh, yeah. I'm doing a Goosebumps <laughs> themed drop this week coming up. Ooh. So. <laughs> Ooh. And this will be weeks after because I'm <laughs> editing this in a timely manner. <laughs> but yeah, so plenty of drops. It's um, I'm not really a clothing person, so it doesn't really do anything for me. But what's new, you know? But the pants, I was like, they, they're my size. They look comfy. Uh, I go into an office, so I need some nice clothes, and then I bought them, and then I was like, I don't have a shirt that goes with this, so <laughs> I've just been wearing random, I, I was like so tempted to ask one of my like coworkers, like, like, does this look good? Like, you can be, if it looks like shit, you can tell me. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this looks good or not. <laughs> anyway. You're like I had a vision, and I don't know if it's ha- if it's coming true or not. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, enough of that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>